0: If you want to start a podcast, Spotify's got the platform that lets you make one smoothly, then distributes it everywhere, giving you the ability to even earn money all in one place, and it's called Spotify for Podcasters. They even let you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today, and best of all, it's totally free with zero catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, uploading, scheduling, and sharing on the road has been extremely easy. So if you've been thinking about starting one, give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started.
1: The way that the world is run today is a reflection of the schooling that occurred in the past. Mm -hmm. The people that are running the planet now went through the school system at some point in the past to condition them a certain way, to be a certain way, to rule a certain way, to create a certain way. And now we're living here knowing that this is not the way anymore, that something needs to change.
0: Hello, everybody. Thank you for being here. We have Leah Sulo with me today. Leah is very dear to me. And I think in the last year, or so of us knowing each other we've noticed that a lot of the values we hold the same our connection with children and through sacred spaces but most of all our desire to continue growing expanding learning from our life and taking things that we've experienced in the past um, to lead us towards our future so leah Graduated valedictorian in high school <laughs> <That was cool>. <laughs> <laughs> went to Columbia, Ivy League College from there, went into corporate banking uh, for four years in Wall Street, and from there did a complete change and moved to a butterfly farm in Costa Rica and got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Show me the way.. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to be here and to finally be doing this with you. Mm
1: -hmm. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I feel so blessed to be in these connections in this time, in this moment of space on this planet, in this age of awakening. And a couple so many nuggets you just shared, but a couple of things that came up as you were speaking is that more than just talking about schooling today, like by talking about schooling, which is something that is shared throughout humanity, we are talking about the future of humanity. Like that's why schooling is so important. Whether you believe in the public school system or charter schools or homeschooling or unschooling, and you know, there's all these alternatives that are coming up now, there is this common understanding shared throughout humanity that the adults in some way are here to guide the children. They come through us, they come to us, looking for guidance of how to live in this physical existence and the only thing that separates us from the children is that we've been here a little bit longer and we've learned some things and experienced some things and now we're here to kind of be the way showers um, and I think the reason we're having this conversation today to he- right here right now is that the way that we've been showing the children how to be, how to think, how to feel, how to act has not really been working because The schooling of the past is reflected in the foundation of society today Mm -hmm. so the way that the world is run today is a reflection of the schooling that occurred in the past Mm -hmm. the people that are running the planet now went through the school system at some point in the past it conditioned them a certain way to be a certain way to rule a certain way to create a certain way and now we're living here knowing at least our generation enough of us knowing that this is not the way anymore that something needs to change and knowing that we are here to make that change in some way, right? Everybody that's awakened in some way is here to make a change. And in my view, in my personal experience, the way that I've come to learn how to make change is through schooling. I did it in my own life first, but I realized once I became a mother, once I got through schooling, that, that it can be done in a way that puts love first puts shared humanity and, and unity first that puts compassion and empathy and understanding of self and others first because when you start with that that that's that's how you create the world that we actually all want to live in and we don't keep feeding the systems that are pulling us further apart so bigger than schooling we are talking about the future of humanity today and i'm so <laughs> <to be> here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> boom So good. Okay. Yeah. So let's, um, let's go a little bit into your story first Mm. before anything. Mm
1: -hmm. I have so much to say about this. (laughs) I'm going to keep, I'm going to try and keep it short and sweet, but there's some, there's some key interesting moments that I, I can't pass up. So, Whenever I tell a story about my life, I really say you got to start at the beginning, right? I don't want to know what you've done since you've been a quote unquote adult. I want to know where you came from, what shaped you, mm-hmm. where your conditioning comes from. Mm-hmm. That, that really speaks to your drive, to your purpose, to your mission here. So I grew up <laughs> um, in, in generational poverty. I, I grew up in the South Bronx in the projects of the South Bronx to a single mom, Puerto Rican family. We had been living in generational poverty since they came, since my great grandparents came from Puerto Rico, and this was just the way. This was the way of life. This is what they were raised in. It's all they knew, and they never really found a way out until my mom had me and my older sister. And my mom knew that there was something different, a whole other world out there. She was, she was the. (laughs) the girl on the block that like was so determined to find a way out and and she did it to a certain extent she she got us out when we were young by um, my father was an Italian man from Long Island living that white picket fence lifestyle that's how he was raised so my mom kind of found her way out of the the projects and and had us out in Long Island but she quickly had this like You know this isn't me this isn't i'm not used to this i was conditioned a certain way and she found she left my dad and found us back in the projects in the south bronx so um, growing up two years old um in in the quote unquote hood you know Mm -hmm. my mom still was like you know there's got to be a way out of here because she kept finding her way back and she's like you know maybe my kids are the answer they're the way and she really instilled in us very early on that education is the way out Mm. education is the great equalizer The only thing that separates us here in the projects from them, you know, up in the mansions is that they, they can get a, you can get a good enough education to get your way out. My mom never believed that our circumstances should define where we end up in life. And that is the biggest, the, the biggest piece of wisdom that she passed on to me. And, um, when all she knew was like, you know, it's gotta be through school. So, um, she really, from early on, early on before i even got to school i knew how to read i knew how to write when i was three years old because she was like you're gonna go into school already being the the being at the top of your class Mm. because that's gonna get you through you know i have this story when i was um eight years old and I I really took to that I really took on that responsibility I did really I loved school I did really great in school and I think looking back on it it was like I was kind of escaping from my home life Mm. and I was with other kids and we didn't talk about where we came from it was just kind of like hey we're all here together learning together having fun together and it felt different than it felt at home so it was like it was my safe haven Mm. growing up and I thrived there I did really well in the system and you know my mom she another thing she was able to do was put us into Catholic school rather than public school because public school in the South Bronx To be honest, I don't think I'd be where I am right now if I started in the public school, in the public school system that early on in the neighborhood I was in, you know, so, and that's, you know, we can get deeper into why that is, but I went to Catholic school early years, a lot of discipline, a lot of, like, Mm -hmm. you know, regimented, like rigorous, like, you have to learn this, and for some reason I thrived in that environment, and, you know, I... I did really well. One one time when I was eight years old I I came home from school and my mom was used to me getting straight A's, straight hundreds, you know. And one day I came home and I had an eighty on a science test and and back in Catholic school they made you show your parents every single test and they had to sign it Mm -hmm. to say like, you know, we know that your parents looking at this. Yeah, so I woke up this morning and I'm like I was actually so scared and and this Mm. I was so scared to bring that eighty to my mother because I knew that it meant or at the time, as a child, I felt like I was failing in some way mm-hmm. by getting something less than perfect in the school system, okay? And I brought it to my mom. And I remember sitting at the table with my sister eating Eggo waffles before school. And she, you know, she was she was blow-drying her hair back in the back. I, I kind of put it on her, her dresser, and I walked out back to the kitchen. And in a few minutes, I hear her coming in with her heels and her mini skirt on because that's how she brought us to school. And she's like holding the paper in her hand she's like leah what is this and i was like i didn't even speak but you could see it was a big 80 at the top of the paper and she's like how do you think you're gonna get into college with this and mind you i was eight years old and Mm. this stuck with me she was like how do you think you're gonna get into college with an 80 on a science test in third grade and she was serious like it sounds silly but she was serious and she that moment she was like you know i can't pay for it leah This is what it became about. Mm. You know I can't pay for it, Leah. You need to get scholarships. How are you gonna get scholarships with a B? That was the moment, for some reason. That was the moment that stuck with me. From that moment on, I never brought home another B. On a test, on a report card, nothing. I got straight A's, straight hundreds in every class, didn't matter what it was, up until I graduated high school. And mind you, it wasn't because I was, you know, I was in a good school and, you know, I had all the structure and discipline. No, it was actually quite the opposite. I went to four different elementary schools, two different high schools. I moved 14 times before I got to college. Like I said, I grew up in generational poverty. There's no consistency or stability there. Mm -hmm. But it was like the harder my life got outside of school, the better I did in school because it was my motivation to do so. Mm. Right. And and thankfully, I was it. I was instilled early on that with that motivation to do well in a system like the school system because i believed in it Mm. and it was my belief in it that then got me to graduating valedictorian of high school i became one of the first students in my high school to get into an ivy league university um and i went to columbia university in new york city and i had i secured a full-time banking job a year before i even graduated making six figures When I when I got out of school and I was 22 years old, I literally went from living in the projects in the South Bronx to right across the bridge is Columbia University on the hill in upper Manhattan. And from my dorm room, I could see the project apartment that I grew up in. And it was like all of a sudden I was placed on this pedestal because schooling got me here because I did so good at school that now I'm allowed to sit with at this upper Mm. echelon of society i'm i like i get to be here now i earned my way here but here's the thing that school never taught me it was how to deal with that identity shift when Mm. i got there because i grew up knowing that i was poor i grew up knowing that i didn't have what these other people have that i actually have to work hard to get it you know so when i got to columbia and i was surrounded by a bunch of privilege like let's be real mm-hmm. we know what the elite version of society is it's elite private school a lot of white kids or a lot of international kids that their parents got a lot of money had them in great schools they graduated they were always in the school systems like that and they found their way to Columbia. but here i am a little girl from the projects that just so happened to I, I'd be smart like that was my talent in life is that oh Leah's so smart Leah's so smart because I bring home A's and and hundreds on tests and it was like I really defined myself by that because it was the the precipice of my entire entire identity was like my mission in life is to do good in school so I can get a good job so I can make enough money to break the cycle of generational poverty that my family had been plagued by for Mm -hmm. generations Mm -hmm. and that's why I did good in school it wasn't because it but but Like I said, there was this whole other side of it that the second I got there, I was like, I don't belong here. I don't belong here. Who am I to be here? Imposter syndrome smacked me in the face. I did not feel worthy of that dorm room in upper Manhattan knowing that my family was still living in the projects across the bridge. And that's what they don't teach you how to deal with. The emotional roller coaster, the mental anguish that you go through and have to deal with when you're suddenly on your own now, when you get to college where in that 18 years of schooling did you teach me how to feel my feelings where in that 18 years of schooling did you teach me how to deal what was actually going on in my mind not where you were feeding me with so much of your shit. you never asked me about me and what i want and what i care about and how i think and what i'm here to do and then there's this level of well you're the child you had to be guided you knew nothing okay well my if my journey of spirituality and having children has taught me anything is that children know far more than we do because they are more connected than we than we are they just came from there they actually know why we're here more than we do and they're they're in many ways our guides and the only thing we're meant to do is allow them to be themselves and to hold space for that we are we are here to keep them safe not to teach them the way they know their own way we're here to remind them of that. Make sure they never forget that better yet. So here we are a generation of people having to remind ourselves. And hopefully we wake up in our lifetime enough to see the world change. But I think that's why that we're having this conversation now. <laughs> so I digress.
0: Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing all of that. <sighs> Lots to unpack there, definitely. But I definitely want to get into, you know... You now are a happy mother of two. You just welcomed your second boy in um, house full of
1: boys. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up with three sisters and no brothers, so <laughs> figure that one out.
0: There's a duality. <laughs> the duality
1: of life. <laughs> Everything is here to teach you something. <laughs> they love me so much. It's, I can do no wrong in their eyes, and I can see now that, like you know. When your parents tell you something Regardless of how they treat you that, That's your perception of the world They're mm. teaching you what normal is Regardless of how you grew up That's normal to you So no matter how much love you think they gave you now That you honored your, child, your parent at some point or another You loved your parent more than anybody else And you trusted that they would guide you
0: mm. Towards what you
1: needed mm. And in many ways We're a misguided society Because our parents didn't even know how to guide themselves mm-hmm. So how are they supposed to guide us? And now we got teachers who hold the profession of guides for the the masses and 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 you know it's sad i know many teachers go in with very amazing intentions but again if they're a product of the school system and have not broken free within themselves to guide themselves then who are they to be guiding children so there's a big conversation here to be had that we need to get really real with ourselves because it's really it's conscious schooling starts to ourselves how we school ourselves
0: you know when we first met so we met through um, a sacred woman community through that you know I was living in Orlando at the time in Florida and um, I was connecting with all my Florida girls and I really you know I really love to have one-on-one connections with people so for me it was really important to be able to connect with all the women that i knew on this online space that were in florida to at least meet once you know and and go from there right so we ended up planning a trip uh to like a local park which is actually right by the what was that the middle school that it i was went a school to. that's so funny. it was my middle oh, school it was that, that i went school. <laughs> of
1: course our first meeting was at a school guys <laughs> But it was the forest behind the school, which is even cooler, which is where the school should have actually been.
0: Right. <laughs> which is where we are now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it looks like the trail that we even went on. Yeah, and uh, my son was with us. Mm-hmm. And there was a huge downpour on us on our walk back, and... <laughs> it was so cleansing. I loved it. I loved it. I loved that, you know, you were carrying Kova, and he was so much smaller back then, you know, compared yeah. to how he is now and I don't know there was something about that I feel like I'm never gonna forget just you know you walking in front of me and Kova just like wrapped on you like a mm-hmm. baby koala he was one and a half at and... the time. <laughs> he <wasn't. laughs> and he's just drenching in water mm-hmm. and just looking at me with those big eyes and I'm just like oh I love you <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and man that little boy does not like water so he was clenching onto oh. me like get us out of here mommy he's a fire sign, and there fire so much fire the baby cub the baby cub that's just <laughs> like, getting mommy wet. but that, that's like a beautiful reflection of like what we're meant to be for the children mm-hmm. keep us safe but like you know we were on that walk and i was letting Kova. Explore Mm -hmm. That's the point Right Mm -hmm. Explore the world Little boy I'm here to make sure You don't trip and fall Into that lake right there But like Besides that Explore And when you need me I'm here And you know As soon as it started raining Mommy Mommy I need you And that's That They have taught me so much Man Mm. They have taught me so much My kids definitely came To teach me More than I could have learned Through any type of school Mm -hmm. You know And it's really In that That connection with another human. I think you were saying this earlier about how everything is a school. Like life itself Mm -hmm. is the school and the people, the places, the circumstances, the situations, the experiences we find ourselves in are all meant to teach us something. And it's like, if we know that now, how can we create a model for like an actual school that works in that way? I would love to talk about like why why are we even talking about like schooling and teaching Hmm. like for our personal lives like okay yeah i had that experience in the school system but you know from the looks of it the school system worked for me you know and it got me this nice fancy job and it it um it fulfilled the mission that i was on back then right but what happened, like I said, I never knew how to actually speak to myself and listen to my own guidance, so when I followed the societal expectations and went into those that corporate banking role where I was making money, and i you know I had a nice apartment, I helped my family out, I traveled the world, I was living the life mm-hmm. like you know or so people would say I was in New York City, my early twenties, going out every weekend doing the thing, and I mean a lot of us don't even resonate with that anymore, but this was eight years ago now you know and i there was something that started happening to me that that woke me up and i think it's that we need to kind of bridge that gap between how do we actually start shifting the way that we're guiding kids it's like we need to have that awakening within ourselves Mm. right so um as sophia mentioned i had this this awakening while i was working at this bank um it was a physical awakening in the sense where i used to have anxiety induced fainting spells that's like that's that's that was a major wake up period for me where i would literally my consciousness would leave my body because i was so not resonating with what i was doing day to day Mm. Um, and it's like, for a long time I fought with it, and I was resistant to these urges inside of me that were telling me, like, Leah, this isn't it, I know you worked so hard to get here, but this isn't it, sitting in my cubicle on the 52nd floor of Rockefeller Center every day, staring at the Empire State Building but on the other side of the building, you know, I saw the projects again, and it was like this is, you're not just meant to be here at the top and to chill, like, this is not this, this is not the way so then you always get to this like okay so then then what is it when you can't ignore it anymore my body reacted and i i started having health problems and it was like you know you're you're going to burn yeah. yourself out um and again something that the school system never teaches you how to deal with you don't know how to listen to your body you don't know how to mm-hmm. listen to your mind but that's thankfully we're living in this age of awakening and the spiritual bath just kind of finds us when we need it to and now that we've Gone on this this journey for ourselves and accepted that awakening and followed the callings and that led me to the rainforest in Costa Rica and and to having my my children and to creating a soul aligned business and to hosting community events and doing all these things that I do now. But it's not really about what I'm doing now. It's about the embodiment of of the energy that I want to bring into the into the planet Mm. to raise to help raise the vibration. And it's like I have to fully embody that, right and and that's kind of where i'm at now well and it's
0: like the you know the fact that we have to experience those two sides of the spectrum like you had to experience poverty the way that you did versus working at rockefeller and seeing the projects from there right and having this like awareness of find, needing to find the balance in both and and trusting that your body most of the time when we're still unsatisfied, when we're not in full alignment, um, most of the time our body will react in the physical mm-hmm. because that's the only way most of the time that we'll listen, right, is when we come to a full halt, a full stop, whether that be a car accident, which is what happened to me, whether it be uh, you did something, you got caught, like a DUI, you got arrested, whatever way that was meant to you know, form in the physical for you.
1: I mean, it's important um, just reflecting on our own personal stories that led us to even realize that this is important and this is Mm. our mission in life. Like, no, it's not everybody's mission to have kids. It's not everybody's mission to teach um, or to guide in that way. But we are all, in a sense, guiding each other home, Mm -hmm. all of us. So like I said, when I said that conscious schooling is about the future of humanity, we have to see how we got to Remember that we are our own guides first. And that's what these stories just were. It's like I remembered at the end of the day that I'm the one that gets to decide what mm. I do. Um, and yes, there are, there are physical limitations to think about in terms of money and resources and all this other stuff that society makes us worry about. But at the end of the day, when you say yes to yourself, your inner voice, all the rest of it shows up. The resources show up. And I say this all the time. I quit my six-figure job. I sold all my stuff and I literally, I had very little possessions, little money in the bank. I was working, volunteering, not even working on a butterfly farm in the middle of the Costa Rican rainforest with my partner at the time who had a similar story. We both left it all behind and I had no plans. I was on this farm for six weeks and I said, universe guide me, universe guide me. I was, you know, I was in my spiritual journey for a few years at this point and I was in full surrender mode. I didn't know what was gonna come from it. The first thing I got guided to was within two days of being there, I had realized the lady on the farm told me that the schools at the time, the teachers were on strike in Costa Rica. So the schools mm-hmm. in, um, were all shut down and all of the local kids had no, nothing to do, nowhere to go. And, you know, in third world countries, they often like school. They get upset when they can't go to school. So for the six weeks that we were there, they asked if we can create um, a class for them. So I mm-hmm. was being called on in this moment of full surrender, quitting my job, I was being asked to teach. And mind you, I'm not fluent in Spanish, I know enough. Um, I got a group of 12 12 year olds, Costa Rican local 12 year olds, that wanted to learn English. (laughs) Um, And I came, I created a class from scratch. And it was in that moment, being able to do it from nothing and seeing the looks on these kids faces when they showed up for that first day. And I, you know, we did it. We did it, it was a beautiful experience. They graduated, they had certificates and everything. And it was like, that little impact, twelve kids in the middle of the rainforest in Costa Rica <laughs> showed me that this is what i 'm here to do. Mm. This is like this is life 's work, Leah. This is not just teaching English to twelve kids this is that I was so guided in that moment i didn 't have to have a plan for it. It was the the opportunity showed up, and by saying yes, the plan revealed itself mm. and in that same moment that I was being asked to teach these kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I also got pregnant that same week. So the first week I was oh on this God. rainforest in the middle of the Costa Rica, in Costa Rica, literally saying, tell me what's next, universe. Um, I got pregnant and I got asked to teach. Like, ding, past it level, yes level. But, <laughs> and it's level. like, this is where most people would freak the fuck out. Right. And I, if I hadn't already done some of my spiritual journey, it would have been like, hold on. Now that I quit my job, have no money, living in a foreign country, nowhere to really live, I'm going to get pregnant now. And by society standards, it's like I have nothing that I need to have a baby right now. I had no insurance. I had no, like, nothing. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But can I tell you that, like, part of me was like, holy shit, right? Of course, I'm a human. Mm -hmm. But the other part of me that was even louder at that point, because I had allowed my inner voice to speak to me so strongly by then, I knew that this is exactly what I was supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And that by saying yes to this, the path would reveal itself. And this was four years ago, almost, almost to the day, <laughs> four years ago. So, the first thing I had to, I had. Then there were certain things that you know you have to decide. But I moved back to New York, and here's the crazier part: moved back to New York City, had to resolve some shit with my family anyway. Um, and me and my partner, like we have nowhere to live, we got to get jobs. We both had corporate experience, but I wasn't going into corporate being pregnant. He got a corporate job, held it down for a minute, and then literally i woke up one morning in my kind of like you know feelings of despair of like what am i gonna do with myself like i'm having a baby okay i you know i want to teach but um i guess the universe is like here teach a baby first but i woke up one morning while sitting there in like the full unknown of it all still nowhere to live woke up on my mom's couch and i had an email on linkedin out of nowhere and this is when spirit really speaks to you because my linkedin was all about corporate banking and i hadn't even been active on it for a year because i wasn't working anymore i got a message on linkedin and it was like hey are you interested in switching your career to teaching if so (laughs) let us know let's schedule an interview i swear to god this came out of nowhere and it was success academy charter school the largest charter school network in new york city they have 49 schools in new york alone they had one high school though a whole bunch of elementary schools, one high school. And I knew, I always knew that I wanted to work with high school students. I had done it in volunteer capacities up until this point. But I was like, oh my God, they want me to teach. I was three months pregnant at the time. And I was like, I could do it. Um, and I did it. And within a week, I got hired in the middle of the school year. And this is, again, when you are being so guided. Mm. It didn't happen like it should. It was March. It was literally random month in the middle of the year. They were like, hey, we need a, ma- a high school math teacher guess what I majored in at Columbia University, math. I was like, okay, (laughs) got it, let's do it. Guess what I had been tutoring for five years up until that point, math. Um, So it was just, it was so aligned that like, by listening to those moments when I felt the greatest fulfillment, it led me to this now I'm working full time in a school and that had been my dream since I was in the school system back in the day because I had always felt so good in a school, which this isn't the case for everybody and I'm fully aware, mm-hmm. but that's that's a big part of the problem. I felt so good in the school system, it led me back full circle moment to now become a teacher in the school system. And me being the the hopeful 26 year old at the time, and I was like, I could change the whole school system from the inside, like, let's do it. Like, this is why I'm being guided here. So I had my little yoga teacher, kids yoga mindfulness training, and I was like, I'm gonna bring mindfulness into the classroom, I'm gonna start a yoga class in the school. I had so much hope, and within a year, of being here. Mind you, I had a baby during that time. I took maternity leave. All this stuff was happening. This was a year before the pandemic hit. I'm in the school system and I'm with these kids. It's 99% um, minority, quote unquote, right? These are kids that grew up that are still living in the projects. These are kids that grew up in the underprivileged neighborhoods in New York City. That's what charter schools primarily are. And I resonated so much because that's where I came from. Mm -hmm. And they hired me, not because I I had a teaching certificate, right? I didn't have that. They hired me because I was an Ivy League graduate, Mm. okay? So this school, who was the biggest charter school network that did amazing, they had the best test scores, they had all this funding, they were hiring Ivy League students you know, that had to, which are mostly white privileged kids, right? That grew up in upper middle class neighborhoods to come teach these underprivileged kids from New York city, because they were able to take these kids that had just graduated from the Ivy league and mold them into whatever they needed to create structure and discipline for these underprivileged kids to do good on test scores, to get into college, to support their data so that they can continue getting funding. Mm. And I didn't realize when I said yes to this job that I was becoming a cog in the system, perpetuating the same problem that I had been having with the school system, but reflecting on it now, it's like, that's exactly where I needed to be. Cause mm-hmm. I needed to see it firsthand from the other side Absolutely. of how the school system actually creates mental health problems. And even, and it's so crazy because they, they would hold these mental health awareness months and like, have this guise and this mask around hey kids we care about you but if you came into any of my classrooms because my classrooms were safe spaces and I made it clear to my students that you come here exactly as you are you don't need to show up a certain way if you are not ready to learn we will stop we will breathe I will get out my singing bowl we will have a conversation about what's what's bothering you my classrooms were where the kids were able to come as a reprieve for the day to be a human. And yes, I had a math lesson to teach you. But I will tell you that that math lesson was always secondary to them being human beings. And it they showed up and it was like, how are we today? Are you ready to learn yet? If not, let's get there together. I will meet you where you're at every single time. And that's... that is not common in the school system. And I was only there for a few short months and I but I ended I had hundreds of students in that time because that school was a mess and they needed me everywhere mm-hmm. and I said yes everywhere I could because I saw the impact I was making just by letting the students be who they needed to be in that moment, not making them do anything, not I didn't even make them ask me to go to the bathroom because that little thing is like you have autonomy you are a teenager you have the ability to get up and go to the bathroom and i respect you enough and i hope you respect me enough to come back in a timely manner Mm -hmm. because you care about what i'm saying in this classroom i will not force you to be here i want you to want to be here and that's the major i i asked i asked sophia before we got here when i said why were you in school why did you go to school as a kid Remember what you said?
0: Yep, because I felt like I had to. And if I didn't, there would be consequences, not towards me, but to my parents. Yeah.
1: And how is that not, like, the root of the problem is that the school, school system, at least in America, I know this might not be true in the rest of the world, but in America, we were all forced into it. Yeah. We were forced. And <laughs> we see where that has led let us how many how many of us can actually say we had a good experience in the school system
0: you know i had to be there i had to Mm. inspire these people and i had to see it from the inside out which is the base i think of what it is that we're moving into because we can only speak of what we know and if we don't know the other side then how can we change Mm. it
1: welcome to the world of duality experience the opposite first so that you know what it shouldn't be like and you will be guided <laughs> to what it should be like because you'll just know you'll just know you will and, it, and it's like you don't know honestly not everybody knows because we're, we live unconsciously a lot of the time so there is that necessity and why we're talking about conscious schooling that it requires a level of waking up it requires a level of consciousness. And we've talked about this before. There are layers to it, obviously, right? You don't become aware of everything all at once. That wouldn't make sense, <laughs> like right? Like, even in, in school, school is really a reflection of life. It grew out of a lot of ways that they want life to be, right? And in this, like, linear, you know, you learn. But it's it's really spirals. And you go through moments of consciousness where you're you're learning and growing from something. But then in order to continue growing and learning, you have to fall into unconsciousness sometimes and you have to remember, (laughs) you have to get woken up again, you have to get smacked in the face. I like to call it like life kind of smacks you in the face every few years to remind (laughs) you that like, wait, there's more here. Don't act like you're graduated yet. You do not graduate until the day you die. This is a constant work. This is a constant journey. But it's one that we're actually meant to enjoy. And I think a large part of the reason that we've created school systems that are not fun to be in is because we don't know how to have fun in life.
0: Hmm. And I will say also, you know, that school also served its purpose in, in each of our lives the way we each experienced it. You know, by far, I was not, like, you know, straight-A student. I was a good student. I I enjoyed helping others in school. You know, I remember... Always being doing like the projects and wanting to be the leader in those projects because I knew that like I'd rather do it because I actually cared about it rather than leaving it up to Jimmy that was in my group that didn't care about it. Like I'd rather just get it over with and do it myself, right? Like that was my mentality going through school, which thank God because it did get me far in um, just life, right? But also, knowing like the little nitpicks that school did show us where now i love to write right i love to read and to dissect Mm -hmm. it's like the whole overall experience Mm -hmm. wasn't resonant with our soul with you know honoring our emotions and honoring you know but being able to find the blessing in everything right and even in the school system of the little things that we did learn the way that i i personally learned how to socialize in between different groups of people and depending on the school it's very different and I too uh, grew up a couple years in Catholic school because my grandma paid for it because she felt like that was going to be the best thing for me to be in because you know her reference point is a Spanish speaking country whereas in America it's very different and so I actually being in Catholic school I experienced being held back a lot in material For some odd reason. So, when I went back into public school, I was actually like very lost because Mm. everyone had already excelled at this rapid rate because you're supposed to like learn your times tables in this amount of time and learn all the planets in this amount of time and do all these things in this amount of time. And I took my time also knowing that English was the second, you know, my Mm. second language it took me a little bit longer than everybody else, right? Even to this day, like I take a little longer to understand like jokes and things. And, you know, instead of being like bothered by that, like I used to be, now just accepting where I am and understanding that I'm in my pace, you know? And we've all like gone through it differently. But at the end of the day, we've received what we were meant to receive, which are the tools that I carry with me now, which are the tools that you carry with you now, right? So it's like, how can we combine all that knowledge and all that wisdom that was meant for us to receive, right? And bring it into these community spaces. And you don't have to do what you're not good at. Like, you do what you're good at. And and when creating, I think, spaces like this, seeing the how do you call that it's like the gift in everyone right so it's like the gift gift that word
1: just (laughs) fell on me too
0: it's our gift (laughs) it's the gift in everyone and let's say you know like we were to create a school your specialty would be different from jessica's specialty and jessica's specialty would be different from sandra's you know specialty and and we go about it in that way where It's also teaching the children in response to that Mm. that they get to do what they're good at I I went to a school over in Colombia and it was this eco school similar to the one that we're gonna be visiting in Guatemala in February and this one really intrigued me because it was by the beach it had jungle right it had forest it had um, ocean um, it was a treehouse as well, uh, which was really cool. the The creators also live on property, so it's very personal, right? It's very like personal. And one of the things that they do is teaching kids different jobs that they can work that isn't like following the generation, the generational footsteps of their parents and grandparents, which is like farming, but doing it in in a unsustainable mm, way, okay. right? Like, you you go through these fields and fields and fields and fields of endless banana trees, mm-hmm. right? It's banana trees that come and they ship here to the States, right? But they're, like, using pesticides and doing mm-hmm. all the things because they have to follow the standards of those companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were having a conversation with, you know, one of the owners and one of the things that he mentioned was we want to give the children an opportunity to try everything but they don't have to stick to this one thing if they don't want to you know how can we create a system where we can allow children to be our teachers in return and to do the things that they love things that we need to survive that Mm. we're going back into Allowing them to use knives and scissors, all these things that we are so taught are dangerous Mm. and to be careful and you know, it's just creating this resistance and this it's this internal anger that's creating in, in these children, right? Of like not allowing not being allowed to be free. You know, and you can see that anywhere you go when you leave your house is you can see the way that parents, a lot of parents speak to their children. Um, you can see the way that they speak to their parents you can see the way that they dictate each other within siblings you know, the way that they treat other kids, other strangers um, and then you can see the total opposite of that of someone who is raised in a conscious environment you can see the difference in, in that right? and so it's to me personally, it's like the common denominator throughout the last Mm. few years of my life, honestly. And it's where I notice that I want to focus on more than anything, because it's the one thing that I can't unsee,
1: Mm -hmm. right? It's the
0: one thing that I always notice. It's really beautiful to be able to meet and have these relationships and these friendships with people like you, where we can, you know, sit and talk about what we're bringing to the table when it comes to our education Mm -hmm. our children okay
1: these spaces so much so much right now (laughs) okay so first i love that you started with like we are here to bring our own individual gift to the table when we've like self-realized and figured out what that gift is Mm -hmm. i think what we've shown today is that our gifts actually are a byproduct of our stories mm-hmm. and our experience was actually there to teach us what our gifts were. So if you really do some digging there, like you know, if you still haven't found your gift, do some digging, get a birth chart reading if you want, but like really <laughs> figure out <laughs> figure out what it is, your gift is and that's what you're meant to contribute to the world and for Sophia and I it's, it's really about bringing that gift to the children because we have a way with kids and understanding them and meeting them where they're at and now in the sense of community of schooling because you ask you know how do we actually create a conscious school we kind of need to define what our intentions are and what the definition of conscious really is when it comes to schooling and i think you you said it without i'm going to summarize real quick i think the, the mm-hmm. overarching word is liberation mm. schooling should liberate you to be who it is you're meant to be right like first you have to see it First you have to see who, who it is that you are. So these schools have to be safe spaces for children to see themselves, right? And then we have to teach them ways and methods of freeing themselves. And, you know, where we're at as a society, we unfortunately have to teach children how to free themselves from the society by teaching them things like permaculture. That's why it's important right now, right? And I believe that the things that we're teaching children will evolve over generations. So it's not so much about the specific content that we're teaching, because that will be dependent on the, the generation that we, were at. we are at at this moment and where we are as a present humanity. But if the overarching theme is liberation for, for children to self-realize, self-actualize, reach their highest potential and bring their gifts to this world, which is what we're all meant to do, then you have to create a safe space for kids to actually become themselves, to be liberated. And I think the problem in society right now, I mean, if you look at it, what, what is the school system to you? Is it it liberation? I would would argue that it's the exact opposite. Right? And that's why, again, welcome to the world of duality. How would we have known that schools are meant to liberate us if we didn't see that they're not liberating us? They're actually quite doing the opposite. It's like a prison for our souls. Mm -hmm. School is a prison for the soul. Yeah. Okay? From the moment you step in, it's like, you're not an individual. You will sit in this desk with all the other people. You will follow my instructions, my orders. I know better than you because I've been here longer. doesn't matter what you know, what you think. I will transform that, condition that to serve a, a bigger purpose. And, and when it becomes a system that's run by the government, I mean, we don't need to get into that. It's kind of enough with talking about the problems. We know. Mm. We know. Um, we got what we needed from our stories. We are here right now. On, mm. we're, we're the bridge, right? This generation is the bridge between the old and the new. We're going to see a lot more shit break down. And we're having this conversation because we need to start planting seeds for what is gonna sprout mm-hmm. from this broken down rubble that is coming and has already come. Just look look around the world right now, everything's breaking down. And if you feel like inside of yourself you're also breaking down, that's intentional because we need to in order to build ourselves up to something greater, something bigger and to keep growing. So we're in this era of needing to re envision and reimagine the systems that are in place. And really changed the entire foundation of it this tree this tree this we are sitting on a tree that has fallen over completely fallen over it's on its side but it regrew roots and it regrew branches and it, it is a massive beautiful representation of what happens when something falls down and something more beautiful can be created from it (laughs) so we have to allow we have to accept that the systems are not working and i think i did that when i was in the school system and realized i cannot change it from the inside but Mm -hmm. i was able to see it from the inside out Mm -hmm. and i think it's really beautiful that you have this other perspective of eco schools and people that are doing the conscious way already Mm -hmm. i was steeped in the unconsciousness and that's what woke me up Mm -hmm. you were led to the consciousness and now you're holding this ideal of like what it can be and it's like when you bring those two together, that's when magic is created. It's the unity of the unconscious and conscious perspectives that bring together the light and the dark to create magic, right? And, and it's that foundation. And I mean, I have so many ideas for conscious schooling, but hmm. it's, it's really starting with that big picture intention of liberation so that children can find them true, their true selves, because hmm. that's what the world needs, you know? We don't need more of this or more of that. We need more of you. All of you. Whatever it is that you are. How how is a child going to learn from somebody that is not learning themselves? Right? Right? Like you have to be willing to to allow the the children to guide you as well. And <laughs> any parents out there knows that your your child comes out the womb wanting to guide you okay <laughs> they come out saying hey mommy nope not gonna do what you just said you know like when once toddlers develop their mind and their communication their ability to think and act for themselves they the first word many toddlers speak is the word no mm-hmm. and and what do many parents say to that mm-hmm. shut up listen to me i'm the authority here right I think we all need to start embracing the no's more. Honor it. Mm-hmm. Don't force your child to do things that aren't actually. Like, yes, there is certain guidance that we need to keep them safe. We need to, you know, make sure they're fed and make sure they're clothed and, and, and certain things. But there, there's a beautiful thing when a child says, Mommy, I don't want to eat any more of this. I'm full. And, you know, we, we just spent all this time making this meal and they only took two bites. And, like, no, they need to eat. <laughs> You know what we're teaching our child when we do that? Not to listen to their own body. Mm. And that's something I've been struggling with. Mm. And it's like, I went to a Catholic school that used to force me to eat my food. That's trauma there. You know, we, we can't keep forcing the children to listen to people outside of themselves. The first, the foundation of it all is provide them a safe space to be autonomous. To listen to what they desire and let them work through it on their own. Because the beautiful thing is that when you leave a child to themselves long enough, when you create the space where they can be safe and leave them to themselves, you'll be amazed Mm -hmm. at what they can figure out on their own Mm -hmm. with no guidance. With no teaching, with no lectures, with no discipline. It's just let them be.
0: And something that I have found too, not having my own kids, just being like that guide for... Other parents and other children has been that by you as an adult showing up and being the most authentic and present that you can possibly possibly be and allowing them to also have that freedom they will trust you they will show you that they trust in you so you don't have to force them right in order to do things because there's no like trust there right there's just Mm -hmm. there's a force but when it's it's free when that's liberated that trust naturally forms right Mm -hmm. which is what i have found a lot like i said not having kids all the kids i've ever came across trust me immediately right especially if i get to like spend a few days with them or weeks and up to a month now you know it's there's just this level of trust that funny enough you know kind of sometimes over surpasses the parent right Mm. because they know that that's their like leader in a way right like that's their figure that's their mother that's their father um but now suddenly there's this other person right that's also guiding me in a way but i don't you know i'm not related to this person but i feel safe here and so even just this past month staying um with my friend here in florida she has a seven-year-old which by the way seven year olds have been like extremely Mm. prominent in my life like there's always been just that number seven year old major
1: transition phase right Right. from theta brainwave to to alpha
0: absolutely exactly but even this last month um staying with my friend and and cooking I've, i've been able to go back into cooking for others right rather than just myself and it's been such a joy for me and i love it and i do it with love and i do it with presence, and it gets me excited and so you know you can of course feel that through the food and her daughter has been trying new foods she's been more willing to try the things that she thought she didn't like before that she hadn't that that she had tried and just by simply giving her the opportunity to try something Mm. new and allowing her the perspective of just because one person did it and you didn't like their way of doing it doesn't mean you don't like this person's way of doing it (laughs) so if your mama did not know how to cook potatoes and you grew up eating these potatoes and you hated these damn potatoes right? she did not know how to cook them and then now you grow up and you claim that you don't like potatoes. You know, this is just an example, but just do it. Just try it with an open mind, with an open heart, and see what you feel. And now this kid goes from believing that
1: to, I love potatoes. Mm. It's like you liberated their their mindset by offering them another perspective mm. of a familiar thing. Mm-hmm. And that... Like, at the end of the day, I'm literally envisioning a school where you have multiple teachers with different perspectives, different gifts to bring to the children. And by seeing different perspectives of the same thing, Mm. that is liberating in and of itself. Mm. Because then you start to learn that, hey, there's actually not just one way to do this. And that person is one representation of it. And this person is another representation of it. But at the end of the day, they hold this common theme of they are themselves fully. That is when you allow the child, that's the environment that the child can thrive and grow into their liberated version of themselves. Mm. That, That perspective is everything. And it's like many children grow up with a very limited perspective of the world which is intentional that's like what we're meant to learn from and that goes back to that the limited perspective that you had as a child was was meant to teach you your story was there to reveal to you what you needed for your adult life and the gifts that you had all of the challenges led to gifts if you don't believe me actually reflect they're there and now Mm -hmm, your mm -hmm. your mission in life Mm. Your purpose in life is to find your gift, and the mission is to now mm. share it with the world or the opposite. you know that quote <laughs> the mission your mission in life is to find your gift, and the purpose of life is to share it mm. and if that's that's the premise of school, that should be the premise of school
0: I love that just came off this uh, listening to this podcast with uh, geraine Jones he speaks on becoming adults and tapping back into the things that made you feel joy that you have neglected all this time you know as an adult the things that you loved or maybe had to repress because of your environment and Mm -hmm. what can you tap into now that brings back that joy into your life Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: I promise that when you tap into that everything in your life continues to unfold because now you're living in your highest joy Right, the thing that you're good at, the thing that,
1: mm. where good things happen. You know what what you just did? By accessing the joy from childhood, you're liberating your inner child.
0: It honestly it's, is as simple as th- that. Th-
1: that's what conscious schooling, if we can all liberate our inner child mm-hmm. in a way that they feel safe to be their true selves, in their full essence, for the highest good, because all children come here with good intentions, don't care what you say, like <laughs> yeah. they're conditioned out of it. That's it. We come from light, we are light, and our purpose is to shine with the full light of who it is we're meant to be. So you liberate the light in the children mm. by liberating the light in yourself.:
0: mm. Simple as one, two, three that's it Let's, <laughs> let's get it. wake the fuck up. nah, wake up. <laughs>
1: So let's get into
0: now <clears throat> where that's led you mm-hmm. in these last few weeks of synchronicity. Last time I saw you, I was babysitting your kids. Yes.
1: Um, the only person I've ever trusted babysitting my kids. Isn't that wild? <laughs> my son is 10 months old now. <laughs> it's been a year since anybody's babysitting my children. Yeah, so
0: just the the small baby synchronicity of just touring the farm and... It was just this like divine connection in my end, you know, staying with the friend I'm staying with now and having a connection to this farm that was only 20 minutes away from the place that I'm staying touring this place posting it on my social media and then having leah respond and say oh my god i have a tour on friday i mentioned leah and the founder of the farm because she came into my field with everything that we were talking about and jim gale who's an amazing human being also there's a an episode coming out with jim uh shortly yes okay (laughs) so there's
1: this permaculture self-sustainable off-grid farm 20 minutes from where we are right now. And it's wild because this is something that I was leaving the country seeking to find. You know, like a, a permaculture farm that I can raise my kids on. That's what I wanted. I wanted to create it. I wanted to live on one. Yeah. And somehow in the last month, it came into my field of awareness through a Facebook post mm-hmm. that there exists one 20 minutes away from my house and they are offering tours. And you go onto this website and it's the most inspirational message about yeah. liberation, to be honest. Yeah. It's all about freedom. freedom. His, the message of the people that started this farm is Freedom from society, freedom to live the life that you came here to live and they do that by teaching permaculture and how to live off the land which is so beautiful and something we've lost and it's so necessary especially in the conscious school system and I came, I became aware of this and for weeks I sat on it and I told my partner and I was like we gotta go, we gotta go and then you know Christmas came and holidays and it was the the week, the last week of the year and I was like, it was a Tuesday and I was like, "I just, we're gonna do it, we gotta do it, we gotta do it, let's just go see it um and there was one tour left on friday december 30th second to last day of the year 10 a.m one tour and i was like let's go and um and the next day i'm on instagram it wasn't even me it was my partner my partner is like um Sophia posted about the farm that we i think she's she was at the farm i was like what do you mean she was at the farm how she what do you mean she knows about this farm
0: oh my god literally
1: i put i scheduled a tour at this farm and to come to find out Sophia's on the farm the next day already with the guy name. speaking to the guy and speaking of me of all people <laughs> and I had no idea why come to find out that it's not just a permaculture farm they are opening a school and I was like holy shit spirit duh thank you thank you this is why I'm feeling led here no I wasn't about to go live on a farm there's a school opening Leah and I have been calling in a place to teach at in this conscious wave for the last few months. And it's been coming to me in small snippets, but this was like all of it kind of, wow, a farm to teach on <laughs> in this way. And so <laughs> came to me, went on a tour. Um, it was so aligned, felt so aligned. The school's opening later this year and I was literally like signed my, my three-year-old up. He's already part of it. Let me know if, when you need me. there was so much alignment and resonance that I felt when I got there from the owners, from the tour guides, from everybody that was there.
0: Did and you get to meet
1: Jim? I did. He, okay. he ran up at the end because oh, he was... Good. And that's the crazy part. Jim wasn't supposed to be there. Mm. And um, I had emailed him my story, and he said that whatever he was meant to do that day ended up being canceled, and he came running right oh, at the end of the tour. And he was like, love. Leah, I knew I had to be here. Oh. I had to meet you. And I was, there was a reason. There was so much, so much alignment there, so i really came into this year calling that in and saying you know i'm gonna have a place to teach Mm
0: -hmm. and not
1: only that they are creating a curriculum and it's going to be open source and jim said to me leah we can help you open up your own school Oof, he literally said to me you and one other person comes to us we will give you the curriculum and show you how to open a school I have questions about that. I know, so I didn't. (laughs) This is the first time, so I was already gonna bring this to you. Um, There's, there's a lot of synchronicities just coming up around that, but that's the biggest one right now.
0: Wow, amazing! (laughs) It never like ceases to amaze me, like all the synchronicities and how it doesn't have to. Yes, it becomes. I was just speaking with um with Chastity on this the other day, but it's like, yes, our lives can be. becomes such a huge synchronicity in itself where that could be like the considered normal in our lives but it doesn't have to stop being exciting yeah because it's amazing the way that it just shows up in whatever way it's meant to and you never know what it's going to be and you never know who it's going to be with you never know mm-hmm. what it's going to
1: involve but it's always going to be exactly what you need it to be and you're going to know that's the thing When you're conscious enough to be aware and know that signs and guidance is always available to you, then it comes to you even more. Because they're like, it's like the spirit guides are up there and they're like, they're throwing signs at you, right? And if you're ignoring them your whole life, they're going to get tired of throwing shit at you. Because it's like, you know, they're wasting their energy because you're not seeing it, but they're never going to stop trying. Mm. But it's the moment that you start seeing it. And that, that turns on, that activates the bridge between you and the spirit realm, right? And it's like, oh, they're open to our guidance. By being open to it, they can send you so much more.
0: Mm.
1: And it's that portal that's like, okay, they're calling this in, that's when the, mani- the, the veil is thinned and manifestation is in an instant. It doesn't take as long as it does when you're not fully aligned. It's about being in that aligned state, knowing, trusting, having faith that what's meant for you is coming to you. The children have that naturally. And it's, it's really about allowing them to keep that, cultivating a space where they can keep that faith, that trust in themselves and in the guidance that is available to them. Because children come here looking for guidance. And what if we were mirrors for them and said, hey, it's, it's actually in yourself and we're gonna help you find it. Mm,
0: to finish off, <laughs> And to feed off of what you just mentioned, if you could tell little Leah something about
1: I'll where you are tell now myself oh.
0: What would be some words of encouragement for them?
1: Leah, there will come a time. There will come a time where it won't feel so heavy and hard. because in that time, you will learn to look within instead of out here there will come a time where challenges will show up as blessings Mm. in your life and you will know that everything is happening for you and not to you there will come a time of real acceptance and love and it will happen when you have cultivated that for yourself when you've created the safe space within yourself and when you stopped relying on external pressures and people and situations to hold that for you, mm. to give that to you, to provide that for you, you are all, were all, and will always be all that you ever needed. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Very important.
0: Finding the blessings. The blessings is what I call The them.
1: blessings. I mean, be- stop. That's what the that. lessons should be called in the school. Mm. It's not lessons, they're blessings. <laughs> yeah. And with that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Coming uh, at you soon to a school near you that is being created as we speak. Clean. This message is finding you now for a reason. And maybe this is important to your own path and your own journey. It's beautiful. Well,
0: thank you for being here with me sitting on this tree being in this beautiful park and having this conversation mm-hmm. bringing it to life and knowing and trusting that what, what it is that we speak of now is already has been and is being created
1: mm-hmm. thank you so. to the spirit in you that guided me to this moment here mm-hmm. thank you to the spirit in me that brought me here that attracted us together thank you to the spirit in all of you that led you to this moment. May we all find peace, happiness, bliss, joy on our journeys. Aho. Amen, Ashay, Namaste.
0: And thank you for joining us on Connected Through Spirit.